The Expats has experienced a notable absence, and I didn't get much of a chance to give people a heads up. But in the interest of transparency, I'm here to tell you what happened. I got a new job. A great new job. But it meant that the computer I'd been using to do the show needed to be surrendered to my old employer. At first, I didn't think this would cause an issue. A new job meant a new computer, after all. But it also meant different IT rules. And different IT rules meant that I was now without the software I needed to make the expats the bi-monthly show you've come to expect. Still, this presented an opportunity to build the computer of my dreams. Something powerful that would allow me to edit the show with ease. I assembled my order, paid for this new dream, and waited. And waited. And after a back order and a series of failed tests on all the components, the day finally arrived, my shipping notification. And the sum total of these speed bumps and delays meant an almost three month time span where there was no expats. The dubious interval of time is no more. I'm back and on a regular schedule. So thanks for sticking around. And now on with the show. Scotland, a Commonwealth country, and one with a storied history. For people who've never traveled, they may know the story of William Wallace as told by Mel Gibson back in 1995. But what does a lunatic Australian know about the great nation of Scotland? Scotland has given the world many things. The pedal bicycle, coal gas lighting, the first iron-hulled steamship, Billy Connolly and Ewan McGregor, and will forgive Ewan his sins for Star Wars Episodes 1 through 3. Scotland is also home to the world's largest fringe festival, which is something that resonates with me since I live in the Canadian city, which lays claim to the second largest fringe festival. Join me as we explore the land of kilts and tartans through a young Canadian's eyes on the expats. Welcome to the Expats. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. So far, I've found there to be three general answers to the question, why did you decide to live abroad? There are those expats who want to pursue adventure, connected to nothing other than an impulse to explore. Some get the opportunity to study in another country, and still others find work outside of Canada. I put the very same question to Edmontonian Leah Cavanaugh who moved to the capital of Scotland in the fall of 2015. The very practical answer is that the program um, is quite unlike any other program that I found as a master's in sport policy management. So it was quite different from any other program, certainly in Canada. Um, and then the less practical aspect of that is that Scotland seemed like a really, really cool place to come to. So... It was a bit of both, I guess. Sure. Now, tell me about sport policy management. What the heck is involved in all of that? It's super broad in a lot of ways. I mean, it's it's quite specific in that we're entertaining everything, obviously, through a sport lens. But we learn... Right now, I'm writing a paper about mediatization of sport. And 
um, gender narratives in sport. And then, you know, but I've also done courses about how to manage, you know, mega sport mega events like the the World Cup and one of my professors um, was on the team that was responsible for the bid and then planning and executing the Commonwealth Games so um, there's tons of stuff in it really it's really hard to kind of pin down to one area why does Edinburgh have this particular uh, program that's you know that's so good that it attracts Canadians like yourself I think a lot of it, it just comes from the uniqueness of the program, um, but the faculty is is quite well-renowned, I think, from being involved in the Commonwealth Games to uh, one professor I have this semester um, is, on, is involved kind of with Sports Scotland and has a partnership actually with the University of Toronto with a professor over there, so um, they're, they're very well-respected faculty and very varied faculty. Now that we've gotten the sports stuff out of the way, tell me about your experiences so far in Scotland. Is it at all what you expected? And and maybe tell me a little bit about what you were expecting. It's quite a bit of what I expected. Um, I, I, I am aware that I live in this kind of weird little universe within a universe in that I'm living in student housing. So a lot of the people I hang out with, you know, all my flatmates Three of them are from China, one of them is from Ecuador, and one's from the States. So I, I'm living in Scotland, but I'm living in this very, like, kind of isolated world in a lot of ways. And I expected that. And so moving outside of that world is something that I've really tried hard to do. And what has actually surprised me about living in Edinburgh is that there are a lot of people from, from Scotland and born and raised in Edinburgh in Edinburgh. But there are tons of people that are not from here. And so as someone who's not from here, it's amazing how you kind of feel like you fit in because a lot of people don't really fit the mold, I guess. Yeah, it is. It's an international city in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's only, I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it's only about 400,000 people. So it's not, it's not a huge city, yeah. but it seems like this like melting pot of people. Yeah. So compared to what you're used to, you you came from Edmonton. Mm -hmm. So compared to what you're used to, does it feel dramatically different? It does feel smaller. Um, And Edmonton's not huge either, but it does feel like a smaller city. Um, The climate is drastically different, which changes a lot of just how I live my life. Can you can you describe what that's like exactly? Um, I was actually just talking to my friend about this, who's from the east coast of Canada. Um, and I really struggled through the winter here uh, because it's so cloudy and rainy. And, I mean, we're both from Edmonton, and it can be minus however many degrees out. But the chances are the sun's probably out. And here it's warmer. It's a lot warmer, but it's cloudy. And that really kind of got to me. And... I like to be outside and being active and, um, you know, whether it's running or just going for a bike ride, cross-country skiing, all the rest of it, and it just doesn't happen here the same way. So that was really hard, but it's getting nicer again. (laughs) (laughs) When you say that it doesn't happen the same way, like for you, I guess it was like throw on some warm clothes and, and a pair of running shoes and off you go. What's what makes it different about trying to be active and and you know in a place where it's cloudy and rainy all the time? 
I mean, there's the super practical things. Like I'm, I was playing with the university football team and I'm going to be playing football in a spring league. And I had to go out and get another pair of soccer boots because I would train on one day. And then by the time I was going back to practice the next day, my boots are still wet. (laughs) And so like just small stuff like that. Like, and I had to buy a ton more clothing because yeah, like back home, I would just keep putting on layers, but here it's it's just totally like I needed waterproof stuff and windproof stuff and then I needed two of things because it was never dry by the time I wanted to go again um so just logistically trying to figure out how to do it and not hate the process <laughs> so, <laughs> so you you've been there since the fall correct yeah since fall, September September 2015 do you still hate the process I think I've streamlined it a little bit. <laughs> I am admittedly a very fair weather person. Like I, well, that's it. Like I would go out and do things when it was very, very cold, but there's almost nothing more irritating to me than being like soggy when I'm doing something. <laughs> and I think I've just like gotten over that maybe or moved on with my life to worry about different things because it's just a reality. I, yeah, but I, for whatever reason, yes, I don't hate it quite so much. <laughs> <laughs> and have you had the chance uh, to really explore the city very much? What are some, yeah. like, tell me some of the highlights of, a, of an old ancient city like Edinburgh. It, it, like, as I said, it's not a huge city, so it's very, very walkable. And the coolest thing is you'll come around a corner and it'll be this incredible vista. You know, um, it's a fairly hilly city, so you'll go up and, like, you can go up to Calton Hill and see basically 360-degree views. And you can see out to the water of Leith, and you can see it, like, past the castle. Um, but the buildings are all low, so you can see, it feels like you can see forever. And then there are um, kind of back alleys, they're called closes, um, that I could, like, adventure in and explore in for days. Like these super, like they look terrifying at nighttime. Like they look like just horrifying places to be. But they're, they just wind back behind buildings and up and down and um, they're so cool. Yeah, I just, I like to imagine kind of what life was like however many hundreds of years ago when cities were built the way they were for a purpose as opposed to now we're trying to fit them to how we want to live in them, I guess. Mm-hmm. So the, those alleyways that you're describing, their purpose was just to be the backside of a building, right? Well, I think so. But they, you kind of go down them, and then <clears throat> it opens into kind of a courtyard. And so people live in these buildings, and then they have this courtyard in the middle. And they're, they're like pubs down the alleys, or down the closes, and cafes, and little shops and stuff like that now. I don't know if they were always that way. Um, but they're they're kind of these like secluded little like parks almost like they're like micro parks in a in a way. Cool. They're very cool. It's very cool. Not all of them have that in them, but um, yeah, they're very very cool. So you've been exploring the closes of Edinburgh. Yeah. And tell me tell me a little bit about your experience meeting Scottish people. Are they warm? Are they friendly? Are they easy to understand? Surprisingly, yes. I have. I have one professor who's from Glasgow, and he sounds like Groundskeeper Willie. (laughs) 
from The Simpsons. <laughs> like he's like the very, very stereotypical Scotsman. And he's quite difficult to understand, especially <laughs> when he gets fired up about things. Um, but I do find I do find most most of the Scottish people I've met have been quite easy to understand. Um, I'm volunteering out at a football club called the Spartans, and I'm the only person who's not Scottish there. And sometimes they get going like with their slang and stuff like that, and then I just have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> like, just couldn't even guess what they're talking about. Um, but one-on-one, I don't find them too, too challenging. Do you Are you finding you're having to ask them uh, to speak slowly? It's not so much the speed. It's, it's really more of the slang that they'll use. Like, they... Um, some of the girls on my football team, like, like they call like hair elastics, like bobbles, which now that I know that that's what that is, I can kind of understand how they got there. Um, but then I guess they do speak kind of quickly. And so then they'll throw it into a sentence. You're just like, I don't know. I don't know what you've said. I don't know what you're asking me. (laughs) I don't know what that thing is. (laughs) It just, yeah, it's, I think things compounded on one another, but you get used to it, I think. Yeah. What about your accent? Do they are always like, where are you from? Are you, do, do you get accused of being American? <laughs> accused is a loaded word. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a lot. Yeah. How's, yeah. How does that make you feel? Because some of the people <laughs> I talk to, you know, they're they're staunch Canadians and any, any notion that they're even a little bit American is insulting to them. I mean, I would love to say that it's not insulting, but I always correct them. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I do always correct them when they say that or ask if I'm American or whatever. Yeah. But it is always their first question. It's never, are you Canadian? They ask if I'm American, which is interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's because they're exposed to more Americans than they are Canadians. It might also be my working theory is that I think Americans are probably more offended when they're asked if they're something else. <laughs> really? <laughs> So you think that the Scots are trying to be polite in case they're talking to an American. They're trying to preempt it, maybe. Maybe, yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> now, tell me a little bit about, about uh, the cuisine. Because, you know, w- what I know about Scottish cuisine is that on Robbie Burns Day, they eat a, uh, I think, a pig's bladder stuffed with something. But that can't be all there is. So, So what kind of... Scottish food are you eating there if you're eating any I've learned that my favorite foods in the world are like inherently Scottish foods and that is like potatoes and carrots and sweet potatoes and like really hearty soup I fit in very well soup and and like soup and just like potatoes and yeah like really hearty foods well, I was going to say there is haggis everywhere. Like that is not just a stereotype. That oh, is really? a real thing. And it's not not like a special occasion food there. It's like an everyday thing. It's it's on everything. Like you can get it at breakfast. You can get it on sandwiches. You yeah, it's everywhere. Have you have you tried it yet? I have. Yeah. And what what are your impressions of haggis? I've never had it before, so I'm curious. It's like very inoffensive like it's (laughs) like i don't know it's not it's not bad it's not my favorite thing in the world my mom really likes haggis which i don't really i don't really have an opinion i don't know it's okay (laughs) fair enough so you mentioned your mom has she been there to visit at all has any family come to see you 
Um, my parents are coming soon, uh, but they came, they had been here before I came. They came to the Ryder Cup a few years ago. Oh. And then my mom came and my dad actually um, kind of moved me over, which was very nice of them. <laughs> I couldn't have done it without mom and dad. Right. <laughs> yeah. So where, when people come to visit you or when you're anticipating they come to visit you, what is it that you want to show them about your life in Edinburgh that they absolutely must see and experience? Uh, a lot of it will depend on the weather. Um, but I don't know. Like it, You just kind of get into a routine. I'm really excited to show um, – I mean, Heather's coming as well. Um, but I'm really excited to show them like the, the botanical garden and just like walking there. Um, I think – you kind of get into these routines and you do things without thinking about them. And then, you know, I, I realized that I walked the botanical garden the way I do because, you know, there's a coffee shop on the way that I like, and there's like this really cool park that you walk by on your way there. Um, there's how many, you know, there's so many ways that you could walk there, but I chose to go a certain way and I continue to go a certain way. So yeah. And I mean, Heather and I run all the time back home and I'm excited to run with her here and show her where I run and what I do. Um, I don't know, just kind of little stuff like the kind of made a life that I'm really excited to share with people. Edinburgh boasts, uh, I believe, the largest fringe festival in the world. Mm -hmm. Ed Edmonton likes to say that it's the second largest. Uh, I don't know if that's true. It may well be. But are you looking are you spending the summer in Scotland? I guess would be my first question. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm writing a dissertation through the summer, so I will be here. Cool. So, <laughs> party. Dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you going to find the time to check out the Edinburgh International Festival? Oh, I, I can't wait for it. I'm super excited. Were you a big fringer back in Edmonton? I got into the fringe quite late in life, I feel. <laughs> kind of like a late bloomer for the fringe. Um because my brother started being involved. And once I started going to see my brother, I kind of learned what else was there and really came to love the fringe. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see how, how Edinburgh's is different. It's, I think the city like quadruples in size or something during the festival. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that works, but yeah, I can't wait. Are there any other things from Canada that you found yourself missing in the short time that you've been in Scotland? Yes. Um, I was actually just talking to my friend the other day from Winnipeg. Um, I don't think they have Slurpees here. That's which, a, that's tragic. Yeah. Like a very recent, it's just dawned on me quite recently, but I haven't seen anywhere that sells Slurpees, which is apparently a big deal in my life. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, like there's... I, do, I did miss snow this winter. I know you guys didn't have tons in Edmonton anyway, but I did miss snow. I missed, I'm, this is not really great to admit, but I missed a kind of a car lifestyle. What? Like, I, you know, like I'm happy. I There's nothing that I didn't do because I don't have a car or anything like that, but just being able to get in a car and take off for a day and go explore would have could be fun. Mm-hmm. But not having that, I don't think I missed out on anything really either. Do they have things like car sharing services and Uber and stuff? As far as I know, they they do have car sharing. Um, and they do, they just started Uber, but it's not super... Anytime I've used Uber, it's just a cab that's come. Oh. That I think is like working 
like off hours or something like that. I don't really understand how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's so different there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just used my Uber app and a car came, so I got in it. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Safety first. It's all about new experiences. It's fine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and what about the rest of Europe? I mean, you're in a, a great jumping off point to see other parts of Europe, but I know you're in school. Have you had the chance to explore the continent? I've not yet. Um, my friend and I are planning on going to France for the Euro Cup in June, which is kind of my only foray into continental Europe. I have a feeling that's going to make a lot of my listeners jealous. <laughs> I'm super excited. <laughs> but no, I've done a little bit of Europe before, so I'm really my parents are coming again and then Heather's coming and I'm really excited to just explore Scotland. There's tons, tons and tons to see. So yeah, that's kind of my focus, I think. Do you think you'll come back to Edmonton when you're done? That is the plan, actually. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Got a couple things cooking right now, but um, yes, I think I will be coming back to Edmonton. And has this, I mean, you've said you've traveled before, but has your experience living there uh, ignited something of a travel bug inside you? I kind of have an opposite answer. Oh. Like, I I love to travel, but I think something that living here has made very, very clear to me is that I'm a, I'm a homebody. So, so you, re- you really miss your family and friends? I do. I do. And, I, like, I don't think that – I think I, you know, there are so many places that I want to travel to. Um, but – living away from home i'm not sure it's really an option in my life <laughs> after after this year and for you it sounds like edmonton will be that home at least for the foreseeable future yes mm-hmm. i haven't talked to very many people who've been like really excited about coming back and living in canada they're always they always seem to be planning their next expat experience i thought i was going to be that person actually you... i'm quite surprised by myself <laughs> Sometimes home can be a powerful lure, and it certainly sounds like it is one for Leah Cavanaugh. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Expats. If there are any expats you think I should be speaking with, have them email me at info at expatspodcast.ca or send me an email yourself, and let's continue building this global network of Canadians living abroad. I've been your host, Adam Rosenhart. You can find the expats on both Twitter and Facebook. Just search for Expats Podcast. And if you haven't already, please give the expats a rating and review on both the iTunes Store and Stitcher Radio. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.